each day when we read the scriptures or participate in the Eucharistic celebration or any form of prayer, which is morning, prayer, evening, every prayer, every celebration is filled with, with God's word. God's word is given to us. God's word is given to us not only for information, but it's a powerful dynamic word of God filled with the Holy Spirit that is capable of transforming our hearts, transforming our way of thinking, transforming our way of responding, not only to God, but also how to respond to one another as brothers and sisters. So God's word is dynamic. So what does the Lord say today to us? First of all, the Lord wants us to know who he is and who are we, who he is and who are we and what, what he desires from us. He also wants to show us how to remain faithful how to listen to him, how to truly embrace that gift and root ourselves in him. And so not only that we'll protect ourselves from a disaster, but also we'll protect one another from destructive behavior, destructive things, which is primarily sin. And then we'll unpack it even more because today is a special day. We remember the 9-11 today when as a nation for our generation, this is our Pearl Harbor, as a generation that has to live in the consequences of that which took place 20 years ago. But first of all, God's word, look what St. Paul says. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. And what is that? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to save us. He came to save us from our own, not only disobedience to God, but also all that follows, distrust in him, putting ourselves number one, thinking of only of our needs primarily, and, and not caring what God says or what others people, what people deserve by their very dignity. So, St. Paul says this deserves our acceptance because it's trustworthy. The Christ Jesus is our savior and he came to save us sinners. And then he continues by saying, and I am one of those of the foremost, I'm the worst one. Why? Because I wanted to follow God and yet this is what I did. But the Lord was merciful to me. And he says, because for this reason, I'm, I am proclaiming how merciful he is because he mercifully treated me. Christ Jesus displays in my life all his patience because he wanted to give me eternal life so that I may welcome him, that I may welcome that which is in store for me. And so to the king of ages, incorruptible, invisible, the only God, I wish to honor, give glory, because of his mercy, because of his forgiveness. All of us are here because we're broken. Every human being is a sinner, all of us. You know, we can, we can start off with priests are sinners, politicians are sinners, public servants are sinners. We are sinners, everyone. Jihadists are sinners. All of us are in need of God's mercy. And so, therefore, even when we begin to celebrate the Eucharist, 
But we say, let us acknowledge our sinfulness. Let us acknowledge our sins. Let us look into our hearts before we can even proceed to celebrate this Eucharist. We acknowledge already our sinfulness. We acknowledge our sins because we can't do all the examination of conscience because it will be too long. But just the fact is even for a moment, realize we realize that we are broken and we don't deserve to even be here. And yet God in his mercy draws us, brings us here, allows us to listen to his voice, listen to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit and gives us himself in the Eucharist. Okay, so what we have is first we are sinners, but what should we do? And this is where the gospel comes into the picture. And so we heard today's gospel, it comes from St. Luke's, you know, chapter six is known as the Sermon on the Plain, just like St. Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. But this one is, Jesus speaks on the plain. It was, a, it was not, a, not from the hill, but here. Uh, and what does he tell us? And today is the concluding readings from that uh, Sermon on the Plain. And there's two parables that he wants to, to offer to us. First of all, two images. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor, nor, uh, and nor does, does rotten fruit bear good fruit. Okay, so the image of a tree, because we shall know by the fruit. We shall know by the fruit. We look into our life, we know, and we, can, we know where, what mistakes we have made. We, have, we also know where the, the problems, difficulties lie often. We look at our nation also in the same way. We see our world too. We know where the difficulties lie. We see what the trappings are, the, the choices we make, or the things that many people seem to disregard in God's ways. They wish to live in this type of licentious freedom, whatever, it's, whatever you wish. And we see the, the consequences of such. We, we don't have to worry about that. Even the Vatican II spoke of that, that and Pope Paul VI, John Paul II, Pope Benedict, we see that the consequences of, of the disrespectful human life, and it leads to all kinds of other social issues, family problems, divorces, and all these things. Because what happens to us is when we don't listen to God, we don't open our hearts to Him, we don't want to follow his ways, we know the consequences. And this is why the, um, the, the gospel today, the second parable speaks of the one person who's building his house on the rock foundation. And Christ is the rock foundation. If Christ is not there, then we build our house uh, on the ground without the foundation. And we know the consequences, any type of disaster comes, any type of, 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 of natural or whatever way way is the consequences come and they destroy the very foundation, the very building in which we live, the very heart. But the Lord speaks of, of something very important. He says how, how important it is for us to be rooted in Christ, which means we have to listen to his voice. We have to listen to his words because what happens is that within our own heart, as St. Paul would say, there's all kinds of junk in our heart. You know, the life, you know, it's, it's impurities, it's, it's the envies and it's hatred and it's any form of divisions or lack of reconciliation. St. Paul lists all these things and he says that's in our heart. So we have to, to heal that area and we can't do it ourselves. God can do it for us. 
but we have to invite him, we have to listen, listen to his voice and allow that voice, allow the grace, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to transform, heal, because otherwise that brokenness is there and, and it manifests itself. You know, there's a, there's a preacher once said, look, he says, if, if there's a broken in, in your heart, it only takes a moment, you know, people will listen to you and you'll come out with the stuff that's in your heart whether it's a, you know, you know, hatred of somebody or whether there's a, you know, a type of gossip or whatever it is, people will open their hearts and well, just, a, just a matter of time, you'll hear what's going on inside of their hearts. If they have problems, they'll share with you. If they are peaceful or happy, they'll share with you. You know, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, people at work, you know, and old bosses would say, don't bring your family problems, don't bring anything, you know, because it can be a problem in the workforce. But the thing is this, it's in our heart and it will, will show up. So what the Lord is saying to us is this, allow God's word to really heal and transform, bring you, give you that, that goodness, because God can, he's only the one who, is the only one who can do that and allow that word and his spirit and his grace and Eucharist which you receive, allow that goodness to come from your heart because he says, even when you say, Lord, Lord, and he does not speak to people who are disbelievers. They have, they speak, you know, the Lord means curious, curious, which means they believe that he is the Lord. So it's not those who are hate him, but it's those who believe in him. But the Lord says, why do you say, call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I command? Okay, so that's the, that's the powerful invitation for us today. Uh, we don't have the capacity within us, but we have the will, desire. Lord, help me. But even if I don't wish and desire, you can say, Lord, I would wish to have desire to, to transform my life, to change my life but I can't even say it because I just like saying, St. Augustine would say, Lord, I want to be changed, but not yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to change my life. But even though he said it, Lord, you have to help me yet not now. But the fact is this, even when we say that it's still a prayer because it reflects who we are from the heart. We wish to have, uh, we wish to have this change come into our lives. Okay, so that's that's one that's the one aspect. But the second aspect is this, and this is why we commemorate today the 9/11, 20 years after. We see um, uh, those who wish to change this world in a fundamentalist way. It's not just a jihad of the spiritual spiritual transformation, which it may mean, you know, that one you know looks at oneself and wants to change. But there's a political ideology, philosophy that you have to do it by force and you don't choose, you know, good means, you choose any means to attain whatever you wish. That, that very fundamental approach, which actually caused the 9-11 and which is very much still with us, is that there are those who wish to transform, to confront this civilization, secularism, whatever it is, by any means. And can be as destructive. So that means you can choose means to even hurt, wound innocent people because you don't care. You want to confront it with whatever you have. And so this is what we are facing today is those who would wish to do that. We know that as, as, as Christians, we cannot choose evil to attain good because we rely on the power of grace, the power of God, just like the Lord who has died for us. 
but we are living in a world which actually does need confrontation, but 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 by means of, of Christian path, not the way the fundamentals would wish. But the fact is this destruction comes. Destruction comes from any form of life which is not of God. And you know, I, I was surprised to get a text message yesterday from a friend of mine. He says, I think your cousin was on television uh, yesterday and on the news. I said, what, what cousin? And, and, uh, and it is true, I lost a cousin in 9-11. And so Washington Post did a story, it's like a video, four minutes on, on, the, on his life, on his wife, and his, especially his daughter. And, and so it showed and it was quite moving. I watched this video. And, and you know, the, the, the evil or, or the 9-11 has touched many people, including my own family. But the fact is there's, there's the daughter who was not alive yet at that time. Her name is Claudia. She was not alive. And, and even though she was in the womb of her mom, she misses her father very dearly. He was in that northern tower, you know, he had to do some work before nine, nine o'clock. He was working in, in the um, office, office designs, whatever it was. And so he went there before the work. And so somehow he was probably in the elevator or where the attack took place. But the daughter speaks of her father in a very unusual way. She says, I did not know him. I know him from, from videos. I know him from, from conversations, but he says, but I speak to him every day. I talk to him, I ask him to assist me. And it was very moving the way she described it. But the reason I bring it here is this, whether it's members of our families or not, everybody has been touched by violence. And they are touched by violence today, whether it's on the streets or in a particular way in the 9-11. And there's another aspect which I want to show or speak to you is that who were the people who were the first responders in 9-11? Were the people. Most of them were Catholics, Italian, Irish, because they're policemen, you know, the ambulance, Polish, all the area there from Brooklyn, you know, from Staten Island. Most of them are Catholics. Their churches every every couple of blocks, their churches, Catholic churches. And so when these responders were running, the first thing they did was calling priests, give me general absolution. Because they didn't think they would make it, you know. So so it's it's really, really powerful witness to see these first responders as knowing that they will die and yet they were running and rushing to help others. According to statistics, 20% perished, but 80% were able to be moved from these buildings, which if it was true, if 20% perished and 80% were survived, that means it would have been probably, so one-fifth, three times, 3,000 times five, we 15,000 who would have perished. And these first responders were able to offer their lives to make it, to enable the others in an orderly way to come out. And they would not leave until they could save as many as they could. This is a type of people 
maybe they're not perfect because you know we know people are not perfect and yet they were rooted in that love that Christ has because they were the fruit of that of, of Christ's love because you love people so much that you're willing to offer your life on behalf of others and so I just wanted to acknowledge them acknowledge all those who perish on account of because they were helping one another I think that they're an extraordinary example. I wish to also acknowledge all those who perish in planes, who are also passengers, who are willing to, to tackle, to not allow that which could have taken place or at least prevent it in some fashion. Those who died in Pentagon, those who died also in, in, um, in the fields of, you know, of Pennsylvania. We have to remember them and let us remember that, yes, on one hand, it is a tragedy because on a, in a human level, we miss the loved ones, those who had to suffer. But on the, on the other level, we have to always remember that life or oh life does not perish, continues, it continues. It continues because the Lord has given us the powerful grace to live with him. This is why we're here. This is why we pray. This is why we pray for those who have died. We pray because we know that our life will continue and we have not only hope, but also the joy of anticipation. I went to a burial. I you know this fr friend of ours, someone who was working with us, who was buried yesterday. And I spoke to the son and his son said, you know, we did everything for our mom. But you know, he says, I cannot forget and he's a man of faith. And he says, I also am happy for her that she, she is now with the Lord. I'm happy for her because she was prepared. She was prepared by sac sacramentally. She pre was prepared by life. And, and, and so to, to hear a son, you know, in the cemetery and says, you know, yes, I'm sad, but I'm also happy for her. That's a sign of our faith. This is when we were rooted in Christ, we hear his word, we do everything. So therefore we become powerful because we are great witnesses for each other. We're powerful because God gives us the grace to be powerful. God gives us the love. God gives us the, the awareness to do everything which is in our power, which may be limited, but he enhances our power, he enhances our love by divine love, he enhances our desire by, by inspiration and grace. And so may we then today allow ourselves to be used by the Lord, allow ourselves to be his instruments, allow ourselves to be his sons and daughters, that he may through us work this extraordinary, powerful transformation of our human society, but also that he with us and, and he may bring forth this joy for all the people in this world, that we also may share that joy for our, for our life, for, for the in the future, in a life everlasting. So let's ask the Lord, and then again, to help us to be strong, to be rooted in him, to build on the foundation of Christ, to be faithful, sacraments, to be faithful to the commandments, to be faithful to that love, that the commandment of love the Lord gives us so that we may share the joys for all eternity with all our loved ones.
with all the human beings on this planet. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.